Wrestling cheers, JT Energy. It's a match made in heaven. It's something you didn't even know that you needed in your life. But now that it's here, you don't ever want it to go away. The Michael Jordan of misting. The six-star booty. The filth you can't wash off. JT Energy is here to let you know that wrestling cheers is what your ears need each and every week. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you are the Michael Jordan of misting. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on in Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an interview with JT Energy, and it's going along with our theme for the month, where we will be talking with people who don't wrestle in the Northeast Ohio area. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Training Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe to your ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email if you so choose desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com and we have the merch store over at watermaneuver.net like i said this is an interview with the michael jordan of misting two belts one cup himself we have jt energy jt how's it going this evening it's going absolutely great it's a fantastic uh fantastic day to be here to be here with wrestling cheers i couldn't be more excited to talk to you this is uh, something that's been kind of in the works since uh, I think right around when COVID started. I think I followed you and you shot me a message saying, hey, you know, I'd love to love to be on your podcast sometime. And I'll, I'm, I'm open and honest with people. I'm just like, I don't really like doing interviews with people I don't know too much. But I did uh, rectify that a little bit. Listen to, well, the only two interviews I could find of you right now, currently on uh, Apple Podcasts from our friends over at Dark Match Podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, here we are because I finally opened up and said, you know what? Let me, let me really get to know some of these people and like, uh, listen to some podcasts, kind of like actually expand my horizons. So, uh, when I came up with this idea, you were one of the first people, cause you were one of the first people to actually reach out to me about coming on. And I'll be honest when I heard you on dark match podcast, I love what I heard. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, tell uh, an audience a little bit about yourself. It's not uh, necessarily a road. I like going down, but not that many people know too much about you, especially like in mm-hmm. this area. So I would like, I'd like to just like start off with a little bit of introduction of who you are, where you're from and all that. Absolutely. I am a professional wrestler based out of the Midwest, i.e. the quad cities. Um, I was trained at the black and brave wrestling Academy. I graduated from there in 2016, uh, I've been wrestling ever since. Um, I made sure to get some good feet underneath me, make, making sure that I was you know, trained by Seth Rollins and Merrick Brave. 
Uh, I have wrestled across the Midwest. Um, some of the guys out of the Ohio area come over here and run Pro Wrestling Revolver, which I've had a chance to wrestle on a handful of times now. So I appreciate them. Uh, I also am the current champion of Central Empire Wrestling and the pure champion for 3XW Wrestling and the cur- the current uh, QC Cup champion for SCW Pro, which is based out of the Quad Cities right here. Um, but again, I'm sure it's pretty cliche. I'm just another, another kid who grew up, had a dream. Things fell into place. He followed that dream. He crushed that dream. I've made appearances uh, on Monday Night Raw. I've had a chance to appear on WWE pay-per-view as an extra, SmackDown as an extra. I've lived out some crazy, crazy things in my life. I had a match this past year right at the start with Jerry the King Lawler. Um, So to say that pro wrestling is going great is an understatement. Um, I also am an avid dancer. You can go over to my YouTube channel and check out some of my dance clips. I've been dancing for over 10 years now. Um, I was part of a big group out of Iowa State University called Dub H, which I danced for for quite a long time while I was attending Iowa State University. Um, But yeah, I'm just really a kid who uh, was born in Oklahoma, moved to Iowa, fell in love with professional wrestling from the time that he could rent his first VHS and Nintendo game. and now I'm here. I'm doing podcasts. I'm loving life, and I'm living my dreams. So, when you moved to Iowa, what was the name of the town you moved to? Uh, Thor, <laughs> just like the superhero. When when I heard you say that on Dark Match podcast, I was like, oh my god, there's a place called Thor, Iowa. And then I went to go look where it was at because uh, I'm a you know by day I'm a truck driver. And I've been through many different places around this country and I've been through Iowa, but really I think the most I've been through Iowa is on uh, 80. So like mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been to Iowa 80, like a, a bunch of times. I love that place, but as a whole, like I didn't really stray too far from there. So when I heard about Thor, Iowa, I'm like, this, this just sounds amazing. Just, I mean, just the name itself, but obviously it's a small town in Iowa and I kind of know a little bit about that i'm from a smaller town in ohio and i mean a lot of people don't know too much about that so i understand that the whole like coming from like a small town in the middle in the middle of nowhere yeah yeah thor uh it sounds amazing especially with all the success over the past you know handful of years that the marvel universe has had that thor has become this amazing thing um from from the success of the marvel universe um, and when you drive through the town of Thor, uh, if you were driving an 18 wheeler by the time that the, you know, butt end of your truck got into town, you'd almost be out of town. Um, so it's, it's really nothing crazy. They have one restaurant, uh, called Unkies that I worked, I worked at in high school, had to pay the bills, <laughs> trying to, uh, just be a, be a kid. And, uh, other than that, there's a post office and, that's like it. There's a there's a park and one stoplight, but we're not even you know we're not even on the map to have a gas station, convenience store, anything. So you usually had to drive like ten to fifteen minutes if you wanted to you know go do anything. So what was the the nearest like big city? Would that be uh, Des Moines? Uh yeah. If we're no. talking if we're talking big cities, like you could drive, uh, maybe like what was it like you can drive like an hour and you can get to Ames, which is where Iowa state's at. 
And, you know, they at least, that was a place that had a decent mall at one time. Malls are kind of dead, but at one time it had an okay mall. But if you want to get to a, a big, big place where you can really spend a whole day and do all kinds of crazy stuff, you usually drove down to Des Moines, made a trip out of it. It's crazy to think where we've come with malls. Like when we were growing up, malls were like this huge deal. And even like back in the 80s, they, I mean, that was that was a thing. And now like I live not too far away from a mall and that thing is on life support. And it's it's a big question of whether it's going to make it out of the year, whether it's going to be finally shut down and they're going to bulldoze the damn thing. But it, it it's still standing. And I, I, I know I personally go in there and think, this isn't like what I grew up with when it came to like this particular mall. Like this was a fun place to go to. And now it's just dead. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I got into pro wrestling pretty late. So I'm, I'm an older, I'm an older guy, an older man in uh, uh, a sport that's run predominantly by people that are like, I don't know, probably eight to 10 years younger than me. Uh, the people that are really getting a jump on it nowadays and a lot of the things that I'm nostalgic about, I can't, I can't necessarily reference all the time when I'm speaking to, you know, the people that I'm on shows with. So when I run into people that are, you know, in the similar age group as me, it's really cool to kind of be nostalgic nowadays and look back on some of the things that, you know, influenced us as we grew up and try to relate it to, you know, the people that are they're growing up right now because to think in 10 more years when I look back on where I was now and the kids that are my age, like it's just it's insane to kind of think about how the world progresses, especially in my age group from growing up and having zero Internet and no cell phone and just renting a VHS tape and maybe catching Monday Night Raw. But there was no way for me to tape it unless I was lucky enough to have a blank tape. And nowadays we have a network. You can stream things on the go. People don't even have a chance to sit down and watch USA Network to catch stuff. Sometimes they'd rather just pay for the WWE Network or Hulu or watch stuff on their phone. Like it's an insane world that we live in to think where we were, you know, 10 to 20 years ago. Like I, I kind of think of some of those things like I used to love growing up and uh, the WWE would come out with uh, new music like i talked about this last week when i had uh johnny clash on but it was just that waiting for like whenever they would release it and like finally have like a new batch of theme songs and then it's like somewhere in the probably right around 2011 they were just like you know what we're just gonna release them on itunes or in spotify or whatever was coming out like we're just gonna release them one at a time which as a kid part of me would go all right that's cool because like you're always going to be up to date on the the themes but at the same time there was just this thing of waiting for for something new to come out and i think the same thing goes for uh wwf magazine which i was i loved i had a there's multiple times i had subscriptions to it and i would always wait for the newest magazine to come in and now like wwf magazine like it's long gone i think they got rid of that in like 2013 or 2014 and now like i said they, they don't really release albums anymore they just release like singles of like all right this is the new theme song and now like the only thing left for albums quote unquote is and it's, it's only digitally i've never seen a physical copy and i think i would buy all of them if it was a physical copy is uh wwe uncaged where they take old themes that were like never released and finally releasing them and i think to me that's so cool like the most excited i got recently when they released uh, an mvp theme 
that he had right before he left the company WWE never released it it was never on yeah. a video game or nothing and when it was on that one i literally flipped my shit listening to it like oh my god they finally did it yeah the i think some of the the neatest things growing up in that age was having physical media that you had to wait for because by waiting for it there was no instant gratification instant gratification is is such a a thing that we take for granted and it sucks because by having instant gratification you don't have the willingness to look forward to you know that one day on the calendar that's going to make the month like you have those things that you're writing down for specific things that you know are going to have release dates and being able to come home as a kid and like looking at my mom every day like at the mail pile and seeing if i got my wwf or my raw magazine those were some of the coolest feelings because not only was I going to get a magazine that had all kinds of stuff that I was looking forward to, I got my poster that was in the middle of it that I could pull out. And, you know, if I was lucky enough, it was one of the, one of the, one of the ladies, like I would get a sunny poster or a sable poster and God as a, as a teenager growing up, it was just like, Holy cow. Like other kids who weren't into wrestling, they look forward to the Sports Illustrated issue coming out every year. And when the ladies started to roll into uh, WWF or WCW or ECW, like, holy cow, what a time to be growing up as a teenage boy. Um, and being able to look forward to all the new merchandise that was going to be in the catalog that I would get every month with the magazine. And I would think to myself, all right, I'm going to pick out one thing this month. I'm going to have my mom write a check. She's going to send away and I get to wait for it. And I can't wait till I get it. And by giving yourself so much time with all these different forms of physical media, it made you cherish the thing that you got for a lot longer than just having one day with it and being like, all right, cool. On to the next one. I would take that WWF magazine and sneak it to school with me and read it and talk with my friends about it. And a lot of times I couldn't get the WWF pay-per-views. So I get the pay-per-view recaps in the magazine with photos which were so cool because I would read how the match went and then I would also follow the photos with it. And I was just telling the story to myself through the pictures and I had watched raw for the recap, but I didn't know what happened because I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of those. So the physical media that we used to have was so cool because it let us as kids tell the story to ourselves and follow along and collect. And nowadays because everything is so digital and so in the minute, it's hard to, you know, relate with some with some of the audience, especially when, you know, you're a little bit older and you have those nostalgic feelings yourself. You want to introduce the new audience to things of the past that you got a chance to live through because you enjoyed them so much yourself. The the thing that I remember too, like you mentioned the the pay-per-view results. Uh, and they were like three months behind. So like yeah. WrestleMania wouldn't show up to like the June issue, but you were still excited. Like, cause that's one of my favorite issues, uh, was, um, the WrestleMania 12 results issue, because that actually happened on my birthday, Brett and Sean, two of my favorite wrestlers of all time and Sean winning. Like I, wow. I read through that thing so many times, like it's been so long. Yeah. I don't remember as much, but like that cover is burnt in my brain because I it's if I think of like some of the most memorable covers like to me that comes up the top of the list but granted I mean there's the there was the one SummerSlam one that had uh 
had Diesel, Alondra Blaze, uh, Razor Ramon on it, but then there's also like the Bret Hart one for the Simpsons, and there's I mean there's there's just so many, but yeah, the and yeah. Y- you mentioned the Raw magazine. Do you remember the? It's early in the Raw magazine, maybe within the first year. There was the one with Sunny on the cover in like a uh, a green lingerie in front of a fireplace. Yes, absolutely. I, I had that one. I've um, never had a raw subscription. That's one of the only few that I had. And it was some promotion because I was a subscriber. They sent mm-hmm. that to me. Oh, wow. I took it to school. <laughs> I got caught with it. I oh, got in man. trouble. Dang. My principal took it away and I never seen it again. I mean, as an adult, I went and rebought it, but it like, I always yeah. remember like, that's the issue that got me in trouble. Yeah. It's really like, it's unbelievable to think i can always remember every year they would put out the school dress code and they would say all these things that you couldn't wear and like big johnson shirts or whatever just stuff that beavis and butthead shirts stuff that like by today's standards is like laughable because they thought so many things were doing so much harm to us and in today's day and age for what you see on tv and how far the limits have been pushed by shows it's it's crazy it's crazy to think that i wasn't allowed to wear a a wrestling shirt for some reason with you know maybe stone cold on it because stone cold represented uh things like hell yeah and flipping the bird and and nowadays I don't I don't even know what a dress code would look like for school. I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff that you can't wear. But to think back on what I wasn't allowed to wear or express myself like I just shake my head at a lot of that stuff that they said, nope, you can't do this and you can't do that. And then you fast forward 10 to 15 years and you're just like, what are kids even allowed to do or wear nowadays? Because there's got to be all kinds of other stuff with innuendos through any forms of social media or crazy accounts. Can you imagine like being in charge of the school and trying to keep up with things that have, you know, double entendres that in today's day, day and age, like that's a, that's a topic I, I would love to talk to people about just because it's so interesting from when I was there to now. I think like everyone I know that's of that age, it doesn't seem like the, that's an issue anymore of like wearing stuff like that. Like every, every teenager I know they Either they dress, I don't, I don't want to say casual, but like it's maybe not necessarily graphic tees. Like maybe graphic tees have kind of gone out a little bit, but for us, like an older generation, we we love them. The only the only thing that I can think of from like my school that was banned, and I necessarily wasn't the age group, but it was it was a couple years ahead of me, was when the well, it's gonna be kind of ironic thinking of where we're both from, but a, a local metal band by the name of Mushroomhead when they first started. Oh. Yep. Uh, connection there for those who don't follow along. Uh, he's from Iowa. Then that, that Slipknot. Long connection yeah. there. But uh, when Mushroom had first started off with their first couple albums before they really hit it big, there was a particular shirt that they released that was like the, the Mushroom Head font that they had back in the day on a Marlboro cigarettes uh, case. And oh, okay. uh, there was like, I think my school in particular, they banned it. So what Mushroom had ended up doing uh, because well they weren't it wasn't necessarily banned at first like well you have to turn it inside out so they mm-hmm. printed them they printed the same thing on the inside for for kids from my school to wear and kids oh, and kids amazing. oh my god and yeah that that's when 
Wow, they were pissed. And like even me going back, I'm like, maybe like the obviously the biggest thing is like cigarettes. But I mean, at the end of the day, I don't. That's not necessarily promoting cigarettes. Promoting a band. It's a parody thing. Like I don't. I don't think it's a big deal. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just parents. Yeah, I can't even. I'm. I totally forgot until you even like. It's weird that I don't even think. I guess twice about like cigarettes or cigarette brands because they're really not prevalent with their advertising in any way shape or form nowadays and they obviously still exist you can see you know a, a ton of different brands right behind the counter at every gas station but i can remember both my parents smoked and they had marlboro miles that they would save up and get you know jackets and bags and all this other stuff that was out there by marlboro and i was wearing that stuff but i wasn't allowed to wear it to school and to think that nowadays, like, that's nothing that you do. You don't save your Pepsi caps and try to <laughs> get a hacky sack or whatever nowadays. But, like, I don't know. That's that's a crazy thing to think of nowadays. I guess you get digital points through your phone, through apps and different things of that nature. But, you know, the, you don't have the surprise or the amazing feeling of twisting off a Gatorade cap anymore and winning an autographed Michael Jordan basketball Dude, like that, that takes me back. Does that even you like you reminded me of stuff that I forgot about, like uh, the Marlboro Miles. Like my parents didn't smoke, but we had a friend of the family that did and he smoked Marlboros and he would he would collect all his miles up. But what I would do like growing up in a trailer park, I would I would always find uh, packs like empty packs on the by the road that people like threw out and I would rip off the miles and give them to him. So I'm gotcha. giving I'm giving him all these like three miles. I've. I don't know how many I gave him over the years, but I know like he loved it. And like going back, even mentioning uh, the twisting off bottle caps. Like I remember uh, me and a friend of mine, like Pepsi, uh, when they did the all these, when you look back, they're like sayings of the 90s. And it was like word for word, like, uh, and you're trying to match. It was almost like uh, Monopoly for McDonald's. But instead it was uh, the one that I remember, the big one, I think maybe to win a million dollars was like, it's all about the Benjamins and you had to collect every single word and yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. I forgot about like that era too. Jesus. And like the, the thing was, it's, it was really cool because it was all about the hunt. You had to like go to different places and because corporations like that are smart, why not send different things all over the United States? So obviously if you live in one area, guess what's not going to happen. You're not going to win. So if you're not traveling and before, you know, the idea of an Instagram or an eBay where you could put up what you had and buy stuff and collect it and make yourself a millionaire by buying those things, it's not possible. You don't realize that. And you're not going to take an ad out in the paper saying, I'm looking for the word Benjamin, please call (laughs) or email or whatever. Like that doesn't, that's, it's not going to happen. And to me, that's what, there's little parts of, that nostalgia that I try to find in today's day and age, even with like, uh, you know, wrestling figures with the communities that are still growing and how big they are, especially nowadays with the major wrestling figure podcast. Like I love the idea that I can go on the internet and if a new figure comes out, I can pre-order it and all this other stuff. That's great. But if I walk into my local Walmart or target or Walgreens, wherever might have a wrestling figure, I don't want to know what's there. I want to walk around the corner and I want that instant surprise of, oh my God, they have this. And I get to look at it and see it for the first time in my hands. And if it's everything I wanted, awesome. I'm going to buy it. But if it's not, 
at least I still get that little minuscule part of, oh man, this is amazing. I'm at least happy that they're here. But that's how I always, you know, talk to myself as far as justifying things. If I'm going to purchase it, I really want to run across something for the first time, or even if it's something from my past and it's nostalgic, I want to find it somewhere random or see someone randomly selling it and just be, uh, you know, have that instant impulse of, yep, this is one of them I'm going to pick up. I'm going to buy this. But, you know, in today's day and age, it's just that's not ingrained into people anymore. You don't have that looking for something. You get to go through the Internet and find it. Go through apps on your phone. I mean, open the Wish app and eBay and Mercari and all these other things. And you can get anything from anywhere sent in the world to your house. And you get I guess you still get the gratification of it arrives at your doorstep. But now with, you know, Amazon and two day free shipping, like you don't have to wait a month. You get to wait two days and it's there. Yeah. Like you talk about like with figures and everything. I think that that is one of the last things left of like, if you want to get that, that surprise. So it's granted like we're at right now. Like I know, I don't know about your Walmart, but my Walmart's horrible. Like for the yeah. past three or four months, maybe there's like three wrestling figures. Cause that's kind of like my, my big thing that I'll always go towards. And I even like, I'll even go back to like when I was a kid, I'd always go to the figure section. That yeah. was always my favorite. And then I even thought as, uh, as I would get older, I'm like, oh, I'm going to eventually get out of it. And now I look back and I'm like, which granted I was never like hardcore into it. I did get into it more with the major wrestling figure podcast, but I was still always going back and looking at the figures and it doesn't even have to be like wrestling figures. I was looking at other figures and other toy lines because I was always interested. And right. now it like, I've, I've had some like really cool discoveries by going through, uh, through toy sections. Like, uh, there was the King Mabel that they released last year. I, yeah. I didn't necessarily want it, but then I walked into my Walmart and it was sitting there and I was just like, Oh man, it was, it was, it was pure pressure. Cause I saw a lot of people getting it online and I'm like, Ooh, it's like this man, it's right here in front of me, man. I got to grab it. And like yeah. two other times, which it was the same target. Thank God. This is crazy how it worked out. I walked in there and I seen two Johnny Gargano figures. The first one was that the NXT one, his very first figure. And then mm -hmm. the next line after that, when they did the other, that was one of the last halls of champions uh, that had a Tommaso Ciampa figure that went with it. But I walked in both times. There was two each and I bought both of them. I ended up giving them away or I didn't really sell them. Just uh, pretty much sold them to friends at cost or gave them away. And right. it, it was that like a thrill just walking there. And going, oh my God. And then not even just knowing what's there. And it does suck that that's kind of way, but I do like that. For example, like with, the Johnny Gargano figure, the one that had the Tommaso, like I went online and I bought the Tommaso. I'm like, I'm not right. hunting for this one. If I find it, I, I find it. If I don't, I don't, but I'm like, I can get on eBay right now. And that yep. is like the last thing left. Yeah. It's, it's really neat to think. And every now and then if I'm, you know, walking up and down a toy aisle and just seeing what, you know, the local Walmart or target has like every now and then you'll catch, like there's a kid with their mom or dad, like there, and you don't want to like you want to kind of like peek but at the same time it's like you get to witness them actually being excited because they didn't drive there they got to go and ride along and the fact that they're in the toy area means that their parent was like cool enough to actually be like all right let's go check out the toys because a lot of times as a kid like you don't just get to go to the toy section like 
your parents are like, all right, we can go over the toys. And even if you go to the toys, you're not even guaranteed something like your parents have to know what you're into. And for you to see something and like watch your kid's eyes light up and be like, oh, man, they they I got to get it for them. That it's really neat to think that all these people in the past, you know, however many years are are getting their first action figures. And especially a lot of little girls like the amount of women wrestlers who have action figures now like that's really cool to think of too that even the little girls that are getting into professional wrestling like they have action figures and big feds and things that they can build upon themselves with how much is out there with basics elites two packs all that stuff so it's really cool to me to see it it's still a very alive and well uh thing that i don't think is going to go away in the near future anytime soon and really with the technology with real scan and all these different things i i think we're only going to see a growth over the next you know couple of years when it comes to aew figs wwe figs and you know if we get lucky enough that some other stuff sparks i mean maybe we get some other exclusive stuff online that we can get our hands on too where did your love of figures start i'm my guess is like if I look back to the toys I had as a kid, I definitely fell in love with G.I. Joe's and Ninja Turtles before I think anything else. Uh, maybe a little bit of the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe figures, I think because my aunt had a couple. But I think really what I started to get excited about was those G.I. Joe's and especially the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the G.I. Joe's were cool. Like they had a couple really cool guys like Storm Shadow that instantly drew my attention because he was a ninja, but he wore all white. So he was like extra special. Um, and obviously the cartoons had a huge influence on what I was as a kid because I would see the cartoon and then they would cut to the commercial of the action figures that you could get. And you would instantly be like, whoa, I just watched that show and I can get that guy. That's awesome. Same thing with the Ninja Turtles when they came out of nowhere and you would walk into, you know, your KB toys or if you were lucky enough to live by a Toys R Us or, you know, depending on what your toy store was like, I can remember digging deep and just having handfuls of G.I. Joe's and Ninja Turtles. And I think when Nintendo comes along and I have the opportunity to start playing video games and then you have a chance to start renting video games somewhere along in there i'm not only just renting uh video games but i'm renting movies now and uh, lucky enough that there's a vhs section with those amazing vhs covers of the SummerSlam, survivor series wrestlemania's royal rumbles and when i start to be able to kind of like dip my toes into those and fall in love with those characters and then i realize there's toys i didn't even like i don't think i committed to the wrestling figure light really until we start to get into like the Jack's era. I missed the boat on the Hasbro's and I can remember one of my best friends from elementary school having a bunch of Hasbro's and I thought they were so cool and I was so jealous, but I was such a Ninja Turtles guy that that's all I cared about. I wanted Ninja Turtles, but then I started to get jealous that he had awesome Hasbro WWF figures and I don't even ever remember running across Hasbro's in those places, or if they did have them, I would be so drawn to the colors and everything that I would see on the Ninja Turtle packaging that that was my go-to. 
but I can remember walking into a Toys R Us when I was on on vacation in Oklahoma with my older sister, and it was the first, I believe it was the first series of the Jacks WWF Superstars, and I walk into this aisle, and they're all just hanging there, and I like am overwhelmed because I can't, I can't fathom what I'm seeing. I I don't have any money. I'm drooling at these action figures <laughs> that I've read about, and, you know, heard of, and now they're all in front of me. And my older sister, I think she was the one that like ponied up and was like, okay, you get one. And I had to look back and forth on all these figures like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? And I remember I got the Undertaker one, which was a glow-in-the-dark Undertaker. And that was my first Jack's Bone Cruncher. And I played with it so much that like his arm, when you open it up, because his elbow joint would make that crunchy noise, mm-hmm. like the rubber there would start, it started to like separate. And I was like, oh no, I can't do the bone crunching thing because my Undertaker figure is going to get a big hole in it. But it was so cool to like open that figure up and he had the hat that came with him. And then the idea, of course, it's so nostalgic for me to like hold him up to a light bulb and then turn off the light and the Undertaker's glowing in the dark. Like it was everything I wanted as a kid. And I, that was my first experience. I didn't have any LJNs. I didn't have any Hasbros. But that first time I got to buy the Jax Superstars, man, that was, it's, it's such an unforgettable experience. I love it. I was a Hasbro kid. Um, for me, like even like just figures in general, I feel like like looking back at everything that I liked, I could relate it to figures, whether it be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, whether it be Ghostbusters, whether it be Darkwing Duck or uh, Captain Planet. I had figures, I had play sets, I had the vehicles, maybe not like the whole set, but I had like enough. Mm-hmm. And then I, when I was getting into wrestling, which was uh, right around 1992, 1993, the way I always explain it, my dad always watched wrestling, but it took me time to sit down, watch it, get into it, and really invest in a lot of the storylines. And I don't remember really, really getting into it until uh, Lex Luger slammed uh, Yokozuna. Like that, oh, yeah. like the first storyline thing that I vividly remember, but I know I was watching it prior. so. This was like right at the ends of uh, the Hasbro era. We went to the store. I think we bought, which I don't remember. This is what I don't remember how it went. I don't remember if we went four times or like two or or uh, one time. But there was four Hasbros that I remember buying in uh, in a particular department store that's long gone called Hills. Uh, mm-hmm. One was the Undertaker. The other one was Hulk Hogan that punches and purple vest razor ramon and the undertaker i don't say the undertaker uh which one am i missing i'm always forgetting one of them undertaker hogan razor i'm really blanking on this this is really bad <laughs> oh bret hart i looked over at my figures really quick i'm like which which one of you speak to me bret hart it was bret hart um so i bought i got those at the store and then a friend of my family gave to me their hasbro collection it was the ring. It was a, just a maybe 15 figures. It's been a while since I've counted, but like, I don't have them anymore, but I, it was like every one that had an accessory came with that accessory. Um, the, the ring came with the flag, came with the belt. Like the thing to me, like this was great. And I was really getting to Shawn Michaels at that time. As a kid, I never owned the Shawn Michaels Hasbro. And I had to wait until the jacks came out because like for some reason every time we would go like they didn't have any at least the one toy store we went to never really 
never really went to Kmart that often, never went to KB sto- toy stores that often, which looking back, I wish we would have tried, but right. It, um, so when I actually got that Sean Michaels, I'm like, right, this is great. But here I have all these little Hasbros and I have this bigger Shawn Michaels. And for some reason, like, Hey, I was happy. I have Shawn Michaels, but I never really invested in anything after that. Like, I think the only other one that I had was there's a stone cold in a SCU shirt. A friend of mine gave me that other than that, okay. other than that, actually, Oh no, I always forget. There's a third Jacks that I did own just because it looks so cool. Uh, maximum sweat cane. Oh yeah. Just I, those, those maximum sweat figures. Like I know it was like out in left field, but like, it's also we're suspending our disbelief with professional wrestling. And then you give us these larger than life, crazy looking figures from the maximum sweat line. I thought those figures amazing. I think anytime they do anything that's out in left field, like the monster line, the zombie line, the teaming up with the ghostbusters, like I'm all for that stuff. It's really cool to take two worlds and really mesh them together because it, it, you have your standard figures, but I also have I like having my uh, weird creation figures because that's what we're really doing. We're we're coming into professional wrestling, and not everybody has a character, but a lot of people that do have characters, they're larger than life. And if you're going to get a figure of that person, you want it to be crazy and muscular or have giant eyes or vibrant colors like mm-hmm. those are the things that really catch your eye and those maximum sweat figures i thought they looked awesome i i think of like my favorite hasbro growing up it's it's kind of like what you mentioned my favorite was series two ultimate warrior because he is just ripped and jacked and i, I in my own opinion that's the most jacked hasbro that they have like even the other warriors don't look necessarily the same yeah yeah that figure it's you're talking about the gorilla press one right yep yeah like it's 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 so big like even the hogan's in any of his poses i think look small in comparison to that warrior and that that first warrior that came out the the jumper one it really didn't do him any justice and then when that second one, wall, one rolls out with the Gorilla Press, you're just like, holy cow, this one is like far and above any expectation, especially when you look back at some of the other guys that didn't they didn't get their Hasbro justice, like mm-hmm. the Rick Rude that came out. It was just like, oh, my God, this is Rick Rude. Are you kidding me? Like, it's just something to shake your head at. Um, and they really got better with time with some of the cool ones that you could get by getting their own molds like the Yokozuna one because he's such a big guy that you're like, oh, okay, this is really awesome. Um, and when they did that big breakdown of all the Hasbro figures um, recently on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast on their YouTube, mm-hmm. it was really cool for them to break down like who had whose body type, who got new molds, who did the repaints, all that stuff because you really got to dig deep into each and every figure and learn a lot more that – you know, it, it didn't even like cross your mind until you watch that video of like, I never thought that that person had that other guy's legs or this was just a repaint of this one. So that's something that I think is always really fun to geek out on, especially when you're talking about the Hasbros and the Warriors and any of that stuff, just because that's really where they started. 
um, and their their figure lore when it comes to it in this you know crazy world. Like that's where it all started was that because even the LJNs like they're cool, but I don't think the LJNs had that fun '90s like kid really have to get toys Mm -hmm. it it didn't have that to it like it was cool because those are the first things that you got to invest as an action figure for wrestling um but they just they didn't speak to you the way that the hasbros did um and i think those hasbros after that like there was you know some ups and downs with the figures that have come and gone but i think we're really spoiled nowadays uh with what we get to walk into walk into uh, stores and purchase ourselves with some of the amazing stuff that they put out nowadays. I mean, we talk about the instant gratification and I think that's where we are with, with the wrestling figures. What's granted, like I can walk into a Walmart or a target today and not necessarily know what's on their shelves. But if I want to know, I can find out. And we, we know, like, we know like all these lines are, that are coming out. We know all these, all these details like months ahead of time. But as a kid, it was whatever was there was there and you you were probably surprised by it and like you go going back to like you mentioning the okazuna figure like i said as a kid the ultimate warrior was my favorite hands down and i stuck that with that for many years and then when i started rebuying hasbros because like i said that collection i had is long gone i have no idea what happened to it and i ended up finally getting my hands on a yokozuna and i was like wow this thing is so cool like why did I look past you? Like, yeah. Like it's be, mainly because he's just this rock and like he was, he's the only Hasbro they made like that. Like they had bigger dudes prior to him, but they didn't make earthquake that size. They didn't make typhoon that size. They made Yokozuna that size. Yeah. Which it, it really made you like in a way by going that route, as far as marketing that figure with its own mold, and if you had your earthquakes, your typhoons, um, you know, you you look at your figures and if you haven't been to a wrestling event, you go, oh, my God, look how big Yokozuna is. Because this is all you know. You see it on TV, but it's one of those things where it's you always hear like you have to see it in real life. You, you put that in your mind and you go to an event and when you hear Yoko, Yokozuna's music hit, you go, oh, my God, here he comes. And when he walks out and you just go, holy cow, because you've never seen a, seen a human being that size, especially a guy who says he's a sumo wrestler. As a kid, you're going, I'll never see someone like this ever again. It truly is a person that is larger than life. And when I look at pictures or, you know, I've I had a chance last year to meet um, Fred, uh, Fred Ottman, the guy who <laughs> was tugboat in Typhoon. And he is huge. Mm-hmm. He is a ginormous man. And I thought to myself, I go, oh, my God, him and Earthquake were the same size and the same height. This is insanity to think how big these guys were in that era. And then some of the people that are on wrestling shows today who have progressed and gone on to WWE and NXT and SmackDown and all this other stuff. And then I look at a legend like him and I go, he was huge. I cannot even imagine how big some of these guys like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and Warrior were in person because you just can't fathom it until you meet some of these people and you see them in real life. Because just like 
an NBA player or a wrestler, you're always like, man, if I meet them in person, I wonder how tall they are, how, how much they weigh. Cause you, when the internet came out, you know, I can remember going online and you're searching people's stats, you're searching people, people's real names. I want to know who these guys are. You know, you're digging, you want to know more about the wrestlers because that information's out there now. And, and seeing that stuff, it's, it's absolutely nuts uh, to think that at one point in my head, I went to a wrestling show and seeing those people for the first time was just absolute because you just think some people are larger than life and you'll never you'll never see that someone that big again. But then you see someone who maybe is a little bit smaller. And if you have that dream of becoming a professional wrestler, you go, OK, I can if I get to be that guy's size. I can make it to the WWE because I see how big he is. Like we're always trying to relate our own dreams to what we physically see, because if you see someone else that can do it, you think if they can do it, I can do it. Cause I'm almost the same size as that person. But if you're not the size of Yokozuna, you're never going to be Yokozuna. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy to think that the people that we get to see in wrestling nowadays, I, we still have our monsters that are out there uh, like Braun Strowman, God, even Bray Wyatt is a huge man. Uh, but we have some of the guys that are on 205 Live now, some people that are cruiserweights. And gosh, even like, I mean, we're spoiled here in the Quad Cities. We have uh, Seth, and, you know, I have a chance to see him, and I go, okay, just a little bit bigger. He's just a hair taller. Like, I know if I keep pushing, like, I'm in the, I'm in the size group. We can do this. I think of when I was a kid, uh wasn't necessarily wanting to become a wrestler, but I blame kevin nash for me wanting to be seven foot tall like i, I remember yep. if, if i ever yep. if i ever got right next to a size chart to be like all right i'm i'm five foot okay like two more feet and i'll be kevin nash height like i end up like stopping like right around six foot and i'm like man one more foot come on let's go yeah yeah when whenever i talk about uh who i was really like influenced by in professional wrestling i always think in like generations who really stuck out to me and in those uh 94 95 years i don't think i really latched on to someone who was my guy until kevin nash debuted as diesel and when he turned and he became a face and he was a good guy and he started coming out and he had that giant jackknife powerbomb and that long black hair. And he just had the leather. He just looked so cool. And when he started calling himself Big Daddy Cool and he was with Shawn Michaels and they just they were like the epitome of him. Like, if I could only be like that, he's tall. He's got a cool goatee. He's got that nice black hair. Like, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, man, I hope I grow up. I hope I'm tall. I hope I'm muscular because Kevin Nash is the man. And it's one of those things where you just, you got to make the most of what you're given. And not all of us are going to grow up to be seven feet tall and have great, amazing hairlines and all this other stuff. You just see it out there. But those people that you see on TV, they really, they really help you kind of strive towards different things. I mean, those are the people that we looked at and they were our heroes and, you know, if someone went out and got a tattoo on their arm because he had a cool tattoo on his arm of a tiger or whatever it might be, like, I think I think those are the stories that when you become a professional wrestler and you attain a level of excellence where people are getting matching tattoos of you and things of that nature, like, that's got to be something crazy to look back on and be like, 
I never thought in a million years being a professional wrestler, someone would get a tattoo that's just like mine or they would name their dog or a kid or, you know, any of that stuff after after me. But it's it's really cool to see how much you can latch onto one person and really kind of fall in love with who that character is and what they became. I wanted a Shawn Michaels tattoo so bad. That one on the arm with the heart, with the dagger going yep. through it, and the snake. I remember always looking at that too. I'm like, man, I'm going to get that. Then as I got older, I'm like, maybe you don't want to copy somebody's tattoo. Maybe yeah. that don't look as cool, but I don't know. I, I still had that, and uh, it's probably still one of my favorite tattoos of all time. Like, you even mentioned, like, uh, Kevin Nash and the the tiger. I'm like, yeah, that was another, like, freaking really cool tattoo. And I, I for me... Like, I don't know. There's just that whole new generation era I love. It was like getting into it, like I said, because of uh, Lex Luger and Yokozuna, like that whole feud, and then rooting on Brett at uh, WrestleMania 10. Then you get to later in in, in uh, the next year when Kevin Nash is champ becomes, or no, that was uh, later that year, Kevin Nash becomes champion, and or yeah. as Diesel. And I was, I was, at that time, I'm like rooting for all the good guys because like I was, I was like eight, seven, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about uh, seven or eight. So, like, I'm like rooting for Razor Ramon, and I'm rooting for like, like, we kind of against Shawn Michaels. Then you get to the point, I'm like, yeah, he's kind of cool. And then the, the click starts. And, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I got so, so into all that. And actually, recently, uh, a toy store uh, that I'm friends with, they got in stock the Shawn Michaels glasses, the red oh. hearts. Oh. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I asked him, uh, the owner, I was like, like, how much do you want for him? Because he said there was no price on it whatsoever. And he was basically explaining to me, because exactly what I what I found out too, there's no sold listings on eBay right now. There's, and there's none for sale. So it's just like the the price tag was up in the air. Yeah. And I think I offered 20, because I'm, I'm like, I don't know like, I don't know where to start. And he yeah. was like, well, he was like, I was thinking 40, because that's what I'm going to put on eBay for. And I was like, well, I might as well just pay 40, because I'm not going to wait for you to put it on ebay and then have somebody else take it or have to pay shipping so it's just getting it out of the way i'm paying 40 dollars. and to me like that was uh going back and uh repurchasing part of my childhood because i mentioned uh, even to him like i remember the whole set there was the hat there was the glasses and there was the gloves well the gloves aren't going to fit me and the hat's not going to fit me the sunglasses fit me okay but that's good enough (laughs) yeah i when uh, in, I think it was 96, I got to go to, it was my first WWF live event and they were taping WWF superstars, which would air on Sunday mornings, if I'm not mistaken. And I swear, like I couldn't fathom this as a kid cause I saw so many people wrestle the same day. And I was like, this is so weird. This is not like anything I see on TV. Why have I seen the Bushwhackers wrestle four times today? Well, they're shooting a month worth of TV. Yeah. And, but at the end of the night, they had, you know, they were filming all their TV and whatnot. But then you had, it was The Undertaker versus Mankind. And this is right around like Boiler Room Brawl time. So you wait through all this stuff for these two amazing matches that they're going to have. And that was the first time I got to feel The Undertaker and his entrance. But then after that, we also got, Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. But this is when Stone Cold's a bad guy and Shawn's still a good guy. And I got the Shawn Michaels gloves at that event. Nice. And I got my first Undertaker shirt at that event. 
And I still have both of those things. And every now and then I'll put the Shawn Michaels gloves on. And I think to myself, I'm like, man, these are freaking amazing. And I don't know when, and I don't know where, and I don't know what for, but I swear in one pro mess pro wrestling match that I have someday, I'm either going to wear both of these or at least one of these Shawn Michaels gloves. And I'm going to punch a mother in the face. (laughs) And I'm going to feel so cool that something from my childhood, I got to wear in a match that I'm having. And I was just thinking about this earlier. Like I had one of those like little, uh, twist and crank cameras. And can you, no one can even fathom this nowadays, buying one of those stupid cameras, the Polaroid ones that just are trash, but you pray to God that the pictures turn out awesome. And I have a blurry ass picture of Shawn Michaels leaning on the middle rope, holding his hand up and it's still somewhere. But taking all those pictures from that event and then hoping once they get developed that they turned out good so you could bring them and show your friends for physical proof that you went to a (laughs) WWE event. Like no one has that anymore that they have to worry about. They just sit there and they Snapchat the whole match and they can just save it on their phone or whatever. Like no one knows the struggles of the early, early nineties or the eighties and trying to take a camera to a wrestling event and just praying that it turned out great. Or if everything was blurry, you just sat there and you go, Oh my God, how am I ever going to remember this stuff? Because we're just trying to keep these memories with us. And I'm sure it's somewhere and I should dig it out. I'll probably put it on my Instagram or something sometime when I finally find it. But those are the memories that just cemented my love for professional wrestling and the early WWF in those days. I think back to my first uh, live event, which was 1994 WrestleMania 10 Revenge Tour. Uh, the only two notable things I can really remember from the card, like Grant, I can like I can look it up, but I do uh, remember that Kevin Na- or Diesel was the Intercontinental Champion, but he wasn't yet Intercontinental Champion on TV. So when he comes out with the title, I'm like, what? I don't get this. And main event was Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, but. The thing that I carry, it's kind of like with you, like I remember, I remember all the merch that I got and like probably like looking back at it as like as an adult, I'm like, yeah, it was probably kind of like trash and it's just junk. But like I had the foam intercontinental title. I had the foam Tatanka Tomahawk. I had, uh, I, th- I think we got a program. I can't remember. But the other thing I know we got was a, uh, the sh- uh, Razor Ramon razor necklace and even though I don't have any of that stuff anymore, like the memory of just like going into my first wrestling show. And I think we were waiting before the doors open and I was like talking to some kid next to me and I ended up talking to whatever kid I was like sitting next to probably, I might've met them somewhere else down the line. I have no idea, but it was just like having those little conversations, just being excited, like, Oh, this is my first WWE show. Uh, and then like fast forward, like I didn't feel that again. Like I'd go to a, like, I think I went to like one house show, uh, after that, but like I didn't really go a lot. But then fast forward to Unforgiven 2008, I want to say, and me and some friends at the time, they uh, we got second row seats, and the the feeling of walking into a WWE arena and seeing like the lights and the stage and knowing like I'm getting second row, like I was choked up, and I'll never yeah. forget that till the day I die. And I've, I've like, since then I've gone to WrestleMania. I've been to many different other shows. I've become an independent wrestling fan and go to all these other shows, but nothing compares to walking in that first time. Yeah. Um, so we talk about 
wanting to be seven foot tall. How about how about Shaq? <laughs> like if we man, if we jump into <laughs> so the the other thing I don't think maybe it's just me, maybe it's the era, I don't know. Like every now and then, like in today's day and age, basketball players are you only have a I think you only have a select amount of people that are actually superstars. And in the early 90s, I think in all sports, but mainly in the NBA, you actually had people that started to get defined as superstars. And they were defined as superstars because they had people come in and they were larger than life on these teams. They were starting to be they were starting to be represented in video games and they were also getting shoe deals and then they were being incorporated into pop culture, whether it be like with Looney Tunes or uh, you see them on Nickelodeon or you see them on Kids' Choice Awards or things of that nature. And when Shaq came onto the scene, of course the Orlando Magic become a team and instantly I'm like, whoa. Like I see the Orlando Magic colors and there's this new team and this monster of a man who comes out with these amazing shoes and he's in the movie Blue Chips. And I'm just like, dude, Shaq is my guy. Like I still have a Shaq pennant from when he was on the Orlando Magic. It's like a cartoon character and I think it's so cool. But Shaq, I wish we would have got the WrestleMania match between him and Big Show because they could have done it. They really could have. And the the things just never aligned. But if I could roll back to, I don't know, maybe like WrestleMania, just like early 2000s, like that would have been the time. If you could have got long hair, big show to go one on one with Shaq and they could have like, can you imagine like if Shaq, when he was jumping around from teams to teams, like when he was on. He was on the Phoenix Suns after he got done with the Lakers. And he, like, all of a sudden, Shaq was, like, on a different team every single year. And if Shaq would have just taken, like, one season, just like Dennis Rodman did, and be like, you know what? I'm going to go wrestle, like, one time. And I'm going to get the WrestleMania payday. Like, he could have had the easiest match in the world. And he could have done just as good as Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor. But we never really got it. And the moment when it finally did come between him and Big Show was so just like, okay, this is ho-hum. It's a battle royal type thing. And they could have built that so big. It would have been Lawrence Taylor and Bam and Bigelow all over again. Oh, I would have. If they could have done it in a lumberjack style match and you get other NBA players, holy cow. It would have just absolutely been amazing. I grew up like you, a Shaq fan. And I, I, I know you've said this before. Uh basically saying like the bulls were like the were too cool like you didn't want to be a part of like the all the, it's all cool to love the bulls and I, I was somewhat in there like when i was starting to get into sports and whatnot because my dad other than professional wrestling there was not really on a sport he liked so i had to find my own ways to get into them so like that was like right around the height of michael jordan popularity so i was like all right that's the that's who i'm supposed to like okay cool i'll like michael jordan then he then like right after that he went away so i was like okay who do i like now I don't, I don't know anybody. Then I, I found out about Shaq and I found out about him. And I think I've mentioned on this podcast before I can't remember, but I found out him because of his rap career. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, the first album, Shaq Diesel. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, this guy's cool. And I learned more about him. 
and I was like, all right, I guess I'm I'm going to be an Orlando Magic fan. And uh, what was it? I think we went to the Grand Canyon for right before my 10th birthday. So it was right before uh, WrestleMania 12. The one thing I wanted was a Shaq jersey. And my parents, like, we went into a mall and we end up getting one. And since then, I have I now have a Shaq jersey from every single team he's played on. All, oh, man. All of them but Orlando Magic do I have an adult size. So I actually have, like, the, the one that I had as a kid for the Magic, one that I had as yep. a kid for the Lakers, and then the rest are all adult sizes. So when he actually, too, when he came to Cleveland and he spent one year as a Cav, I... I was going nuts and uh, I know so many people who had some sort of interaction with him because he still he lived in this area for a year and mm-hmm. I was like why why can't I be that lucky because I guess like there were certain like movie theaters he went to uh, one yeah. fr- one friend of mine helped hook up his sound system another friend of mine uh, helped hook up his cable and I'm like what the fuck I love Shaq this is he's finally come to Northeast Ohio and I never get to run into him and uh yeah. I, I don't know with, with him, like especially like I know he had a lot of wrestling connections too. Uh, I, I want to say in like a WWF magazine, there was like a picture of him and, and Diesel. Later on, I know he did a small thing, like a small video clip with the NWO that I think a lot of people look over. And to me, like he was a fun dude, and like yeah. to this day, I still love Shaq. Yep, Shaq was a larger than life man, and nowadays I don't. I mean. We get we get some interactions every now and then with uh, some pop culture figures. I mean, we're getting the Pat McAfee thing right now with Adam Cole on NXT, and Mike Tyson popped up over on Dynamite for a hot second. So we're still getting things here and there. Uh, I just don't feel like they have the pizzazz or the flair that they did um, during that time period. And I don't I don't know if we'll ever get back to that because I just I don't know. I don't know if it'll ever be maybe promoted right or if we'll get the right figures to jump into wrestling because wrestling, you know, it's not necessarily like a high point that it was when the early nineties were happening, obviously, but I still think it's, it's a pop culture phenomenon that people, you know, they, they know what SummerSlam is. They know what WrestleMania is because those things take over cities just like the Super Bowl does or, you know, the world series or whatever, but especially something like the Super Bowl and WrestleMania, those towns are bidding on that thing because they are looking at the revenue it's going to bring to their cities. And you don't, you don't get the luxury of that with, you know, things like the World Series or the NBA Finals because it's back and forth between those towns. So you're praying that your teams are good enough to get people to go there. But if you get to enjoy those experiences, you know, it's just some things just aren't aren't what they used to be. And, you know, I can look back and nostalgia is cool, but I also have to look to the future and just hope that it's just as bright as some of the memories that like light up what my past was. So there there's something to be said about being a celebrity nowadays compared to in the 80s and 90s of the radio show that I listen to locally that actually kind of mentions it from time to time. And it's kind of true. Like if you were you were famous in the 80s, like you were a big deal. And now we're to a point where it's like, it's easier to get a little bit of notoriety and all that kind of stuff. But like some of your bigger names, whether it be music, television, movies, whatever it is, like when they were, they were famous back in the eighties, like Hulk Hogan, like he, like there's a reason why he was as famous as he was. And now like the, the equivalent to that would be a guy like John Cena, who I feel like has more reach and he's, he's done a lot more things, but 
there's something to be said about that time period for him. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was just listening to a, uh, a podcast the other day that had Rob Lowe on it and Rob Lowe was talking about, he doesn't even understand what the point of being a celebrity today in today's day and age is like what, what even is a celebrity? Like why do celebrities exist now? Like it, a celebrity in the eighties or the nineties, it's because you were a Hollywood movie star and that's what the glitz and glamor was like. You were one of the only people that got into motion pictures and you had this blockbuster thing. But in today's day and age, like it doesn't, I mean, sure movies movies are cool but like who gives a shit if you're in a movie nowadays like unless you're in like a marvel movie like no one no one cares anymore people are so into things like netflix hulu disney plus all that stuff and there you can create your own youtube shows and facebook live and instagram live and get famous off tiktok and like there's 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 no point in calling yourself a celebrity nowadays unless you're at a level what like you it's hard to go places like that's a celebrity if you cannot do things um but even in like today's day and age like who even what's the point of getting to that because nowadays the people that are celebrities even if you get like a bunch of money like you could even say in today's day and age there's uh there's so many people that probably make millions of dollars right yeah but we have all these problems in the world that can't be fixed by all these people that have money. So like if you have all these people that can gain fame and notoriety, but we still have all the same issues that we're sitting on as like a society, what's the point of all these people making all this money if we still can't fix the overlying issues that have just been haunting us for years and years and years? It's, it's one of those things where you want to strive to make things better, but it's so hard to make things better on a grand scale as far as being a celebrity and people try to try to again and again and again. And you always hear every now and then someone be like, Hey, I hope Dwayne Johnson runs for president. And it's one of those things where you kind of sit back, especially as a wrestling fan and go, man, I have no idea what he would do, but maybe society would look at that one guy and be like, maybe we can be a little better. The rocks, the president, something kind of good is finally because I think they would really look past him as a professional wrestler, the fast and furious guy or, you know, whatever he did. They would just be like, man, that guy's our president. He's got his head on straight. He's a normal guy who's gone through a divorce and started with seven bucks in his pocket, but he still has beautiful daughters and he's he's done things, but he's always super humble. And I think that's something that you can kind of like hang your hat on and be like. Maybe someday, maybe we'll be lucky enough to actually have someone who use their 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 support and their celebrity to do something really good with it. And don't forget he bought the XFL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hopefully he can hopefully he can do something good with that because there's not a whole lot of sports going on right now and I know people are itching left and right to root for something and see something in person. I've I think The Rock is the first person to really break the mold of professional wrestler like no matter like the popularity hogan did outside of wrestling it's still like oh you're the wrestler same with like austin and cena and i mean reigns is still wrestling but no matter what like they're all looked oh you're you're a wrestler 
I think yeah. with the Rockets, oh, you're this actor who did been in this movie and this movie and this movie. Oh yeah, and you were a wrestler too. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. It he somehow the cards fell into alignment for him to. I think I think he did it best by making sure that when he left that he wasn't the rock in Hollywood. He was Dwayne Johnson and wrestling fans still was like, Oh, that's cool. He's the rock. I know he's just putting Dwayne Johnson on all these movies, but he's the rock. And he, he was the rock. But whenever he would go on a show to promote his upcoming movies, it was Dwayne, the rock Johnson. He said, no, I have a real name and we're going to talk about it and we're going to put it with it. And when he went on each and everything, he talked about the movie. He talked about his family. He talked about everything but professional wrestling. And if it got brought up, sure, we'll talk about it for a sentence or two. And then he would just go back to, nope, I'm Dwayne Johnson. And people just started to be able to fall in love with him as the person that he was trying to make everything. He essentially took his story from professional wrestling into the entertainment business. And it worked just like it did in professional wrestling and people were like man this guy started from nothing and now he's really going balls to the wall and trying to be just an actor and a movie star and he took it to a whole nother level i mean thank god he got into the fast and the furious franchise to be able to you know do some of the things that he did and be associated with the actors that he was associated with i mean because it's not like he's done all masterpieces very few people went and saw doom even though he was in <laughs> So, like he he's he's done some good things and he's done some bad things but i think if we look at what we are as a nation nowadays if in eight years Dwayne the rock johnson goes you know what what's a better foundation than the rock and everyone goes god damn it that's another good tagline just make a shirt now we'll vote for you and you know it's it's something to hopefully look forward to because in today's world with what we get to see on the TV and on our phones and all this other BS, especially in an election year, it's kind of like, Jesus Christ, what do we have to look forward to? Especially when we can't go and see things in person. And when we do, it's very limited with what we have in front of us nowadays. So, you know, we can only hope for the best for the future and cherish the little things that we have in front of us nowadays. Like you mentioned, like some of the rock studs, like I just quickly threw up his, his IMDB and I was like, man, all the rock movies I can think of are like really good. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't make bad. I'm like, let me think, like see some of these recent ones. And I'm like, oh yeah, you had some duds really recently. Like Rampage and Skyscraper were back to back. He also had uh, Baywatch in there. He had uh, San Andreas and Hercules, but also in this time frame, uh, like going back to 2013, uh, there was Fast 6. There was Furious 7. Um which was the next year after that that central intelligence i think is it's not his greatest but it's definitely not his worst and then obviously when you have hits like mohana and you have uh later on in 2017 and then recently last year uh the jumanji movies like mm-hmm. like to me like i've actually had that conversation recently about the jumanji movies and i was like i love the original i love robin williams but to me the acting side of it what i see in the jumanji movies when you have the rock kevin hart uh karen gillian and jack black they're they're supposed to be playing as other characters so they're not necessarily acting as themselves they're supposed to be acting as other people as them and to me Mm -hmm. like 
Kevin Hart is so hilarious, uh, like uh, in both movies of what he did. And the same thing goes with for The Rock. And I don't know how many people could pull that off like they did, and especially the the comedic timing those two have, which you you can't just get with anybody. And those two may, may make so many movies that they have, or just so few that they've done. It's it's hard to find that. And I that's one thing I do love about them. Yeah, and same. I feel right there with you, man. Yeah, I could go back farther and look at some of these duds, but I know like ugh, there's like you mentioned Doom, and I always go back to the the Hall of Fame speech where he's yeah, knocking on uh, John Cena for I forget what move, and he's like, it's okay, I had Doom, and then he yeah, just yeah. he went on. But he's had he's managed to have like just such a really good career, and like I said, I do think he's the guy that really broke the mold. You kind of mentioned it, and it's kind of like what like what you said what he did with wrestling, where you know he started off you know die Rocky die like. People hated Rocky Maivia. And then yeah. he was able to like, all right, I'm gonna change this up and we're gonna go from there. And then when he went into acting, you're still you weren't looked as Rocky Maivia, but you're looked at this like, ah, you're a wrestler, you're Hulk Hogan, you're Jesse the Body Ventura. Really, I think before then, the most successful wrestler actor probably was Rowdy Piper. But I only give yeah. him that credit for something like they live. But other than that, like a lot of times, like you were a stereotype. You weren't like you weren't going to be this huge Hollywood star, but then give him so many movies, and then you know he kept coming out with hits. He come out with duds, but he come out with hits. But you never, you never looked at a rock movie and wasn't least interested to hear about what was going to happen. And you're like, okay, let me see a trailer. Let's see how it looks. But he, he, he doesn't die. No, he has stood the test of time and really done it right when it comes to making sure he was promoting things the way that they should have been. And you know if. If people want to get far in professional wrestling and just far in general, if you want to stay with the entertainment business in some aspect, because wrestling isn't forever, like what better person to look at with what he did and what could be done with a long career, trying to figure out how to have a little bit of longevity, staying close to the thing that you love, but not having to do the exact thing that, you know, put your body on the line. And the thing that I always give the rock credit for too, is I would see tweets for here and there, like sometimes he'll tweet independent wrestlers, whether it be something that he sees or sometimes they tweet something to him. The two that I remember offhand are uh, Kevin Owens before he was Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, like it was an independent scene. There was something between them two that went on. And also um, now known as Apollo Crews, but back then known as Uha Nation. And when mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing those tweets, because even I was kind of in that mood of like, ah, like you went off to Hollywood, like you don't care about wrestling. But then I would see these tweets and I go, maybe you do. Maybe there's something that I'm not seeing. And granted, I was younger. So when I when I would see those, I'm like, well, maybe you care a lot more than I'm giving you credit for. And the fact that you're the rock, you're one of the most popular wrestlers of all time, easily within a top five. Some could put you at the very top, at least you're in a conversation of top five. And you're given this rub, you're given this kind of spotlight to these independent wrestlers. Like there's something to be said about that. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where if you're a fan of professional wrestling, social media can be really cool because you can at anybody. And if those people have their notifications turned on, they can respond whenever they want. They can be as nice or as mean to you. And it's one of those things where just like if you're at an independent wrestling show, you can go up to anybody. It's just whether you have the balls to or not. And those people... A lot of times, you know, they're just a they're just a dude or they're just a lady and they just want to say, hey, what's up? Thanks for being here. We appreciate you. We wouldn't exist without you. And 
if you're an independent professional wrestler and your stuff's out there and then all of a sudden it gets liked by somebody on a level that you only, you know, hope to attain someday, you're like, wow, I can't believe that person actually saw my stuff. That's really cool. Because if you're not doing a seminar run by somebody or, you know, having someone review your stuff and that person is next to them, like even in today's day and age where you can share everything anywhere, just because I put something online doesn't mean that, you know, Arn Anderson's going to be on YouTube looking up JT energy for no reason. Like you gotta, you gotta do something to give those people a reason to be like, what's that? I heard that guy's name. Like, it, it takes some serious buzz to get those people to take a second or two to be like, okay, what do you got? Because, you know, maybe it's only 60 seconds, but everybody has progressed in this day and age. And even someone who might be a veteran, you know, all, all you want is, you know, 30 to 60 seconds of their time to get some feedback to be like, hey, if you had to, if you had to, you know, bet the house on me, am I going to be big enough? What do I got to do? Like, they just they just got to take a second and they're not going to take a second unless you give them a reason to take a second. And if they give you some feedback, you better take that feedback or take that rub or take whatever they're giving you and push it to the moon till the next person gives you two seconds of their time. So if you can interact with anybody nowadays and you get something cool out of it, take that and just be so grateful that it happened, whether you're a fan, whether you're an indie wrestler whether you're a professional wrestler and you got to interact with a hall of famer who you grew up watching, like those are the things that we get to be like, man, this is really cool. I'm just really here. I'm really appreciative of the opportunity and the thing that just happened. So it's, it's one of those things that we should all strive for and continue to do better on social media is just interact and be good to one another. If you're a professional wrestler and you're talking, you know, shit to the next guy about an upcoming match, that's that's professional wrestling just without the ring but if you're a fan and you see something cool that one of your favorite wrestlers did tweet them tell them it was cool tell them it was awesome tell them you're coming to the next show whether a good guy good guy or bad guy if you get a response or no response whatever as long as you're putting good out there that's what we need more of right now two things uh number one if you want to get input from arn anderson the internet has taught me you can just go knock on his door he could be sleeping he'll still wake up and if he's willing to give somebody an autograph, he's probably willing to give you a little bit of input on uh, your video. But anyway, uh, have you had any uh, cool reactions with uh, wrestlers uh, that you grew up watching on the independent scene? Um, I I have had an opportunity over the last couple of years to have some really cool opportunities um, on the independent level with people that if if you would have told me that uh you know go back to 16 15 year old me and be like hey just so you know in x amount of years you're gonna have this happen i would be like bullshit there is no possible way that one if i get to become a professional wrestler i'm gonna get to interact with that person um for i'll, I'll run through a small list of people i've had the chance to work with and i i am so fortunate and so thankful for the promotions I've worked for and the opportunities that they have given me because the opportunities that I have been afforded, I busted and broke my ass. And I, I have not been wrestling for a long time, but every time I step into the ring, every time I do an interview, every time I put up a picture, it is with 
every ounce of my soul and heart in professional wrestling. So like when I talk about this stuff, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm trying to say, hey, I work really, really freaking hard. And if you work really freaking hard and you want something, you can get some really cool shit out of life too. So like I got to wrestle for SCW Pro and that was my first chance I got to get in the ring with someone who I idolized as a kid or I would have like, I guess, looked at and been like, oh my God, that's a professional wrestler who was in the WWF. I got to be in a tag team match with badass Billy Gunn and the six star booty against Mr. Ass. That was the first thing I get to interact with, with somebody who a lot of people will say it's a name on a show and I get to be in the ring with him. Like, holy, like I know I've said it a couple times, but still like, holy shit. Like I was like losing my mind uh, when I had that opportunity to be in a tag team match against Billy Gunn. I got to, uh, have Vicky Guerrero inter- interfere in a tag team match I was a part of. Hacksaw Jim Duggan was in town for a like a comic convention, and we got him to come over to the SCW show, and he was in a tag team match against me. And, man, it, I got to be punched in the face by Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and I couldn't have been happier than anything I ever would have thought of. When I sat there and I saw him come out with his goddamn two by four yelling ho. Oh man. (laughs) Like, how do I, how do I not have a smile on my face when that is happening on an independent level? Like it's just insanity. I got to, uh, I got to wrestle Trevor Murdoch one-on-one, which is really cool because him and Lance Cade as a tag team. I feel like they were so underrated in that time period. And Trevor Murdoch, he knows his shit. And when I got to be in there with him, like I've learned a lot from him over the years. Um, and I can't say enough good things about Trevor Mar- Murdoch, especially with him being a part of NWA Power and what he did over the last year. You know, coming back and keeping himself relevant and working hard and busting his ass and giving feedback to any any kids that are on shows with him. Uh, I got to be in a tag team match uh, with Glacier from WCW. Like, oh, holy shit, man. Are you kidding me? Glacier getting chopped in the throat from the guy who came out looking like Mortal Kombat. Like, man, I can remember his stuff every week on TNT during Nitro and Thunder and this guy coming out and you're just like, what is going on? Is this guy a video game character? And then I got to wrestle him. He honestly put on one of the best seminars I've ever been a part of as far as just wrestling knowledge and telling his story. Uh, like, man, I can't say enough good things about Glacier. Ray Lloyd is a amazing human being. Uh, I got to have a dance-off with Rich Swan on an independent level, and I, I freaking love to dance. And I am so fortunate that my body can do the things that it can. And when I got to step in the ring across from Rich Swan, it was only in like a battle royal. But at the same time, I got to sta- sta- like be across from him and have a dance off in a in a ring with Rich Swan. Like, holy cow, that was like I don't have Scotty Too Hottie to dance against. So being able to do it against Rich Swan, one of the guys in the last couple of years who does dancing really well himself, like. I couldn't ask for a better thing to showcase my my character and who I am, especially on uh, uh, the level it was broadcast on the High Spots Wrestling Network. Uh, I got to wrestle. I got to be a tag team partner with the Powers of Pain, who, again, like those are legends, like from the era of the Macho Man and Andre and Hogan 
and I got to be their tag team partner, which unfortunately led led me to get my ass whooped by Tatanka. But again, if Tatanka wants to whoop my ass, like good good for him. He is still just an amazing human being who got in the ring and he can go for when he's in there and lighten you up with chops and all the other stuff, man. When you think back to WrestleMania uh, nine when they were outdoors and Shawn Michaels wrestling Tatanka, and then I got to step in the ring with that man and let him lighten me up. Like, oof. So I have had some really, really cool stuff uh, happen to me. And like I said, early, early in this interview, this past year, I was afforded to me, which is the biggest opportunity on the independent level that I could have ever asked for. I got to step in the ring with Jerry the King Lawler and just just before that i got to be a extra on monday night raw and i was one of the many uh wrestlers who week after week got destroyed by eric rowan and somehow in a matter of two weeks uh jerry the king lawler called my match on commentary on monday night raw and then on my birthday, I wrestled him in a professional wrestling match on an independent level. And ringside was Terry Runnels. And <laughs> she was a part of the match. And that, like, 15-day time period, literally, I even hate saying literally. I, that's how excited I am. I said literally. <laughs> uh, blew my mind. I mean, professional wrestling gave so much to me at the end of 2019 and the start of 2020 that when I get a chance to look back and see all the things I've had a chance to do with my professional wrestling career. And it's been I mean, I'm, I like to say that, you know, I'm just getting started. I don't want to think that I'm a veteran of any type. I'm still green as grass and I'm learning every single opportunity I get. But the opportunities I get. I make the most out of and I make sure that when you go to a professional wrestling show that JT energy is a part of that you leave that show and you remember and talk about JT energy. And I like to think that because I put so much passion into those things that each and every place I could work for would get something out of me because anybody who affords me an opportunity allows me to work for them. All I want to do is give back to them and make their, their promotion as good as possible. I want their next show to be even bigger than the one that I'm currently on. So I'm, I'm very happy for what I've had a chance to earn. And I'm really looking forward to the future and what it could offer me. Because so far, the past has just, it's more than I ever thought that I could, I could earn. I know I've, I've never seen you in person. But I, I will say at least an audio version. I hope people are getting the same reaction when I first when I first heard you is you are very interesting to listen to. You got a lot to say uh, and you can you can hold your end of a conversation. You aren't handing me a couple word responses and we were, we were able to go. There's like there's stuff that we didn't even get into that I kind of had down for notes. So maybe maybe there's a part two somewhere down the road, but I don't like to go too crazy on those. But I do know. Uh, if not, you know, obviously can't be now, but within the like next year or so, when everything goes back to normal, I would love for you to get the opportunity to come out to Northeast Ohio to maybe get the exposure or be able to wrestle in this area. And, you know, we've had one wrestler 
who's been able to do that. I, I never even asked you uh, what your connection is or what are you friends or whatnot. We do have a friend of the show. He's been on this. I've interviewed him in person, but one called Manders. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Steve, the one called Manders, the Corn Belt Cowboy, <laughs> he, uh, he was a couple classes behind me. He, uh, there, so Steve is, Steve is a baby face and I'm a heel and Steve came into wrestling with, uh, the moniker of the former Iowa Hawkeye, the one called Manders transitioned into the corn belt cowboy. And I love, I'm not gonna lie. I love to talk shit to Steve online <laughs> when it comes to just about anything and everything again, because he, uh, he went to the University of Iowa, and I went to uh, Iowa State. I am a cyclone. I bleed yellow and red through and through. Um, so it's a natural-born rivalry. And I have wrestled Steve a lot uh, in SCW Pro, in 3XW, Pro Wrestling Revolver. I've had a chance to touch Steve in more places than probably any other person I've worked. Um, and he... I don't know if he gets the credit that he should, but he puts in a lot of miles to go to places, to earn opportunities, shake hands, be the type of person that he is. And he has earned everything that he's he's had in front of him. He is currently the SCW Pro champion. And he that's something that I want. I want to attain that title someday. I want to go to the places that he's already gone. I want to be called by WWE and earn a talent tryout just like he was called. Those are things that Steve keeps me hungry for. Um, so I appreciate him and what he has given to independent professional wrestling so far because it doesn't matter what show he's on or where he's at. He's somebody who is doing things and doing them right. Uh, and that will be, probably be the last time that you ever hear me put over <laughs> Steve man anyway shape or form because he can kiss my ass as far as I'm concerned but he knows that uh he knows that I want nothing more than to get in the ring with him and just beat the living piss out of each other and he's a great guy to do it against so uh one called Manders I don't care where it's at or when it is but I want to be the one to dethrone him as the SCW pro heavyweight champion and walk around Iowa letting everybody know that I am the man to be reckoned with. The six-star booty, the Michael Jordan of misting, Mr. Two Belts, One Cup, the filth you can't wash off, JT Energy. So then it would be three belts, one cup. Yeah, we'd probably have to come up with a new cute little tagline, (laughs) but as much as much bullshit as I call myself, that probably wouldn't be anything that uh, would, would come hard to me if there's a uh, one thing i like i like to have little things here and there that i can promote because uh, i like to think to myself of how many t-shirts the rock or stone cold steve steve austin had in the attitude era and i think to myself i go somebody's got to come up with ideas and if i'm not on that level i got to come up with my own shit every single week every single month every single show because i need you to have something that's new because if you don't create something that's new it gets old and gets stagnant and in today's day and age, everybody wants instant gratification with new things, not old stagnant shit that they sit on and rely on over and over and over. So if you're an independent professional wrestler and you've been doing the same shit for a long time and you want to go farther or be 
looked at or you want to be fresh and you want to be new, just think about what you're doing. Whether it's new gear, new entrance music, new hair, new tattoos, a tan, get in shape, get out of shape, just get people talking about you in some way, shape, or form. That's how this is done. It's not whether you can do a reverse Hurricane Rana or 16 German suplexes and roll them. It, like, it's cool. The moves are great. I have moves too. But it's the character like Diesel and Shawn Michaels and Batista and CM Punk and Seth Rollins. Those are the people that we fall in love with. And if we want to attain that greatness, you have to become a character or just not even a character. You have to live what you are. And those people live what they are. And JT Energy, it's not some bullshit that I put on on the weekend and just walk out and say, look, I'm JT Energy. JT Energy is DJ Click and Play. DJ Click and Play is Travis Horn. Travis Horn is all of that. I'm not that every single day, every single second. But when it comes to professional wrestling, I am JT Energy through and through from the moment that I get ready and put on my gear to the moment I get in my car and I drive home. So when it comes down to it, I really, really hope. I don't even care who it's for, but I know there's a little promotion out there called AIW, and I would love to be a part of an AIW show that is in that area. But anywhere in Ohio, so give me a reason to drive. Give me a reason to fill a car with some guys. Give me a reason to tell people in Ohio what the six-star booty is all about. Let me come and mist in front of you and make you go home and shower and realize that what you've seen, you can't wash out of your mind. It stays there forever. And that's why JT Energy still exists and will continue to exist into the future. Well, well said. And uh, let's, let's start to wrap this show up and let's get into the fave five questions. Hey, this is Booker T, five-time champ, and this is the Fave Five Questions. Now, can you dig it? All right, question number one. Let's go with best physical portrayal of the Joker. Oh, oh man, I love this. I'm so excited that we're doing questions. This is cool. This is very different. I like it. <laughs> um, man, which one's my favorite? Have, have other wrestlers had this question before, too? Uh, I've asked it a lot, and it's pretty much a toss-up between Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson. A lot Ooh, of shit. Some people try to say Mark Hamill, but I'm like, that's why I have the word physical in there, because I want someone who's portrayed it like with makeup and days yeah. and days of acting, not just voice acting, which, I mean, he's a great voice actor, and this Joker is, is amazing, but mm-hmm. I want to go that extra step. Uh, you know what? I'll just... I'll, the. I'll go the route of uh, if I look at myself and I look at uh, everything I've soaked in over all these years that I've been on this earth, I cannot take away what Heath Ledger meant to Batman and the Joker. So as far as physical characteristics of going into a movie theater, seeing someone play the Joker and get physical goosebumps out of something and being able to watch a movie hundreds of times and it never gets old based on what you get to see. I'll go with Heath Ledger, but I'm not going to shit on people like Jared Leto or Joaquin Phoenix or Jack Nicholson because I love the character of the Joker. And I think really deep inside each and every one of us, there's a little bit of Joker that peeks out from time to time. We just, we just don't get to uh, live it like they did. 
I think Joaquin Phoenix is, is an underrated one that I think the more I ask this question over the next coming years, I'm going to find more people who gravitate towards that. I watched Joaquin Phoenix. I watched his Joker at home. I didn't get that movie theater experience like I did with the Dark Knight. And I don't think it it I don't think it had that opportunity to have that same type of buildup that the Dark Knight did. But sitting there and watching that movie and how it was shot and the different portrayal of who he was and how the Joker mentality came out of him. It was a phenomenal movie. And I, that's one that I know that I'll be able to go back for years and years and watch that and just think they nailed this. And if he ever pops up again in another DC franchise to let that character expand more like, Holy shit, it's going to be good. Like, I love the Nolan trilogy. I think it, it's downright amazing. I think Batman Begins is overlooked, and a lot of people don't appreciate what is Dark Knight Rises. And, that, like, just the story arc between all three of them is, is beautiful. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's one of the very few movies that I've, I can say I went and seen all three in the movie theater, not just that dark knight and dark knight rises i saw midnight releases and batman begins i don't think had a midnight release but i went to the very first showing at my local movie theater the day it came out and i don't know how many i like i said that i can, I can say that with but it was just getting that experience and like like you said dark knight is one of my top five favorite movies of all time i can watch it a million times and a lot of the times it is because how good heath ledger is to me as that joker and I, like I said, I do think that the Dark Knight Rises gets overlooked. I will say with everything going on with with COVID and everybody having to wear a mask, I found a Bane COVID mask and I wear that all the time now because I think it looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's one. I think if I'm having there's there's a, a mood and a mode that I like to be in when I'm afforded the opportunity to be on a professional wrestling show that's on a higher level. It's not. I'm, I'm not saying that every show is not important, but I'm saying some shows they're built to in a way that's the the pinnacle or the climax. And sometimes on those days, like when I'm just going about my daily routine and what I need to get in the mode for and getting everything packed and ready, that movie is on in the background because I want to see that opening scene in the bank uh, with Heath Ledger and his introduction. Or if I have an opportunity to put on Dark Knight Rises, like, when he rises uh, from the pit after his back is finally, you know, healed and he makes that final jump with no rope and he realizes he's coming for Bane's ass. Oh, my God. Like, I am ready to go. Like, if it's not Dark Knight Rises or the Dark Knight or something like that, it's maybe Rocky Four or something of that nature. Like, you get so amped that you're ready to walk into the night or what is going to lie ahead of you. And movies like that, they get your mind where it needs to go on a night where you're trying to make history for a local promotion. All right, let's move on to the next question. Wings, bone in or out? Uh, well, you're talking to a vegan. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> no wings, but I haven't been I haven't been a vegan my whole life. So what I can roll back this question to, uh, to give any relevance to the type of eater I was when I did eat meat, I didn't eat wings in any way, shape or form. I'm not a fried chicken guy. 
but I do love me some chicken strips, um, some really nice breaded chicken strips. That's my jam. If I was going to go back and I'm going to eat a bird, I'm going to eat some chicken strips. That was my go-to. So for you, then it would be bone out. Yeah, we'll go bone out because then I don't even I don't have to worry about grabbing uh, a physical skeleton. What what sauce would you have with it? Uh, I am a boring ass American, and I would eat it with ketchup. That's that's not too bad. I'm. We actually have some like ketchup related questions, but I, I pick and choose who I use those against because if you're from Chicago and I utter the words ketchup on hot dogs, it's getting the reaction I want because that I mean. I grew up, I grew up thinking ketchup on hot dogs was normal. And then I met someone yeah. from Chicago and they were like, oh, how dare you? And I'm like, what? It, that's what everybody does, right? Oh no, yeah. we put everything but ketchup. I'm like, well, why not ketchup? Yeah. As, as a kid in the Midwest, I want to roll into, uh, if I were to roll back time, I want to roll into a dairy queen, get a chicken strip basket. Um, I don't want the stupid gravy that comes with it. I want some ketchup to go with those chicken strips and fries in a blizzard yeah but that gravy's good though but i do i do like with ketchup too but i uh, tried the gravy for a little while when i was younger and eventually i was just like this gravy get out of here i just don't i'm not doing it anymore i tried to do it i just reverted back to my ketchup ways all right question number three and then since you're vegan i won't ask you bacon or sausage because that'll be irrelevant uh let's go with Coffee or energy drinks? Uh, energy drinks. Um, and as far as energy drinks, so I have gone through phases of what energy drinks are to me and what I like and what I don't like. And if you didn't get it, uh, part of my name is JT Energy. And when I had to think who I am, who, what am I going to present myself uh, to this world of professional wrestling as? At that time period... Part of my daily routine was wake up, go to the gas station, five hour energy, slam that baby and kick the kick, kick the world in the ass that day and take everything I want. And so five hour energy brought me to JT energy. There's no better night than when I would go DJ somewhere and I roll into <laughs> roll into a club at 10 o'clock and three Red Bulls later, I am going and we are rocking that club at one in the morning. And shutting it down where people are so sweaty and so happy. There's a lot of energy drinks that really have helped me through all the amazing aspects of what I have um, lumped into what I what I love as a career, whether it be dancing or wrestling or whatever. But I've just never loved coffee. My girlfriend runs a Starbucks, and so I can't shit on coffee a ton. <laughs> but I got even even here in the Quad Cities. My wrestle dad, Mr. Seth Rollins, he has his own coffee shop, 392, 392 Cafe. And I went in there and I tried to drink the same thing that he posts and gets all the time. I'm like, I need to know what the shit's all about. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Let's give coffee another chance. And every time I try it, it just it doesn't give me that kick that an energy drink does. And I don't know, maybe my taste buds will change with time. But as of right now, just not a coffee dude. I want to slam a five-hour energy or one of the little energy shots from like Bang or somebody, and I just want it to be done. I want something in me, quick, and just go. What's your uh, current favorite? Oh, I've gone through phases. It seems like the one that I get my hands on the most 
uh, is like the five hour energy, uh, extra berry flavor. Isn't too bad. Uh, the, what one is it? I think the, the apple five hour energy is straight garbage. Don't buy that. It is just piss and none of them are really that great. That's what people who haven't tried them, they're like, aren't those gross? And I'm like, well, they're not great, but they do the trick if you need it. It's just one quick little shot. It's like taking medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like blue raspberry isn't too bad. Um, but usually like the berry flavors kind of go to orange is okay. I think the bang energy shots that they've come out with recently have a lot more. Uh, they have better flavors to them, um, which probably isn't good. It's probably more garbage, sugar, extra added, whatever. But if for something quick, the bangs taste a lot better than the five hour energies do. Um, and usually any of the ones that are like local cheaper brands, but they say they have like tea or I don't know, ginseng in them or some BS like those ones are almost guaranteed to taste like garbage every time. But I don't know. That's, that's just my personal, if I'm going to go into a gas station and hope to grab something, anything is better than nothing when it comes to it, especially if you need it or want it in your body to keep you awake if you're driving a long distance or something. But if there's a five hour energy, extra strength berry, that's probably my go-to. All right. Question number four, physical media or digital media? Oh man. I, I feel like I'm in that transition area of my life, but uh, you know what? I'm going to say digital. I'm going to say digital media. And the reason I say digital media is because without digital media, I wouldn't be able to reach out to the people that I have to create the graphics that I've been able to use as logos. I think digital media is great for so many people on things like Instagram to promote their brand. Uh, there's so many people that have been able to use digital media to get their designs out on like pro wrestling tees that I think it, digital art and digital media has really changed independent professional wrestling and what we're able to showcase the fans to create our own brand. Uh, I'd like to even shout out my own uh, guy that I go to. Uh, which is Lucha Lee Bear. He has his own brand that he's helped a lot of independent professional wrestlers around here with. Um, and he really helped grow JT Energy and what JT Energy is and has become. So if I have to look between physical and digital, I have to give the big win to digital to help grow uh, what's out there because I never thought I'd be drawn as uh, I. I couldn't be drawn as a Hasbro figure or have a picture of my face coming through a door like Jack Nicholson from the shining. If there wasn't digital art for me to, uh, you know, invest in or fall in love with. You kind of took it a different way than a lot of di- than most people do, which I, I do like, cause normally it's like, you know, digital or physical when it comes to music and movies and, Uh, books and all that kind of stuff but adding like just that realm of what we do with actual uh digital media and how we're able to take like you're able to take a a digital like clip of you and you're able to use it uh is something maybe i i necessarily didn't intend but i think it's a really cool way to look at stuff that if we go back to where we were talking about earlier 
about like the 80s and 90s like you didn't necessarily have the ability to do that and things were a lot harder if even if like if you wanted to get shirts and everything made and now you you can get it done so much easier with uh digital media i kind of i kind of like that uh way you took it oh yeah all right question number five this is a great one it gets a lot of people split Step Brothers or Talladega Nights? Uh, it's you know what? it's not even going to split uh, because I fall so heavily on the side of Step Brothers that I don't have enough I don't have enough uh, I don't have enough meat on the bone to love Talladega Nights enough to like ask myself which one I like more. Um, and I don't know if it's because Talladega Nights came out. During something else that like didn't get me to fall in love with it enough, or I didn't get a chance to rewatch it the way I've rewatched Step Brothers. But Step Brothers is another one of those where I saw it in theaters when it came out. I bought it. I have the digital copy, and I I love different little aspects of Talladega Nights. But I think as far as something that makes me laugh in a more genuine way and is more quotable uh, across the board, I think I have to go Step Brothers. Sec- I mean, John C. Riley's in there too, and those two together is just magic. So, I, I personally think like both are really quotable, I'm, but I'm like on the opposite end. I think Talladega Nights is, is, is the one that I choose. I don't want to say better because it's just when it comes down to preference, and it's definitely not a slap in the face towards Step Brothers. I yeah. watched both of them in the movie theater, and I, I, I'll give Step Brothers this credit, is it fell a couple years after Talladega Nights, and we were getting Step Brothers, it was like, great, we're getting like this formula again, you would expect like yeah. it to suck. If I were to compare it to any movie, uh, or two movies, it would be Tommy Boy to Black Sheep, which I love Tommy Boy, like Chris Farley oh, is, he's, he was my comedic hero. Actually, and actually, that movie came out on my ninth birthday. Found out years later, and I'm like, "Wow, that's crazy!" Because it's one of my favorite movies. But awesome. when when we went from Tommy Boy to Black Sheep, you know, Black Sheep really like I could I could still quote it. Has some great great parts, but it's no Tommy Boy. And Step Brothers could have fell in that category, but I think it's at least for most people, or at least we could at least agree worldwide that it's kind of like they're on the same level. Maybe you like Step Brothers more, maybe you like Talladega Nights more but they're on that same level of just absolute hilarious. Yeah. I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of comedic actors fall into that same formula in that same realm where they have such a banger and then they have another one and maybe it lives up to it, but maybe not. Uh, I think another one that you can kind of look at that was, would be like Billy Madison. Billy Madison was huge, but happy Gilmore really took him to the moon um and even when you go happy gilmore like waterboy really took it to another level so i i think there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff when it comes down to that but just anytime i think about will ferrell dragging his nuts on the drum set (laughs) that one that one gets me or when they try to tell ricky bobby that his legs work and he stabs himself in the leg with a knife and they left the scene in where he's breaking and you can see him smiling on the ground when he's rolling around. It's just those, both of those are real good shit. I love them. 
All right, question number six that I tailor around my guest. And for you, I want to know uh, what was the last figure or wrestling, f- or not even to say wrestling, but what was the last figure or figures you bought? Uh, fun question. Um, so uh, it hasn't been much recently, but I think the actual last purchase I made is I finally told myself one day I was going to make a purchase from ringside collectibles. So I didn't even, I didn't even go and find something in the store. Um, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go to ringside collectibles. I'm going to buy something. I'm going to put in code major and save 10%. And I actually bought the ringside collectibles stands, the white stands for your figures to stand on. Cause I've started to let some of them breathe. Um, and not every figure stands up all that well on its own. So it was nice to invest in some stands to see uh, if they if they really hold up and do their job for each and every different style of figure. Uh, but I wasn't just going to purchase that. I got the it's the basic SummerSlam Jeff Hardy, uh, where he's got like the white eyes um, and blue face. It was from the SummerSlam line. So I invested a little bit of money into that basic figure because Jeff Hardy is my absolute favorite a wrestler of all time to this day. And I'm so happy for him and what he's still able to do even in today's day and age with what he's been doing with Sheamus on SmackDown. And I have no idea where his character is going. And that's everything that I love about Jeff is I just don't know what is coming next, but I got that cool, basic Jeff Hardy and some stands from ringside collectible collectibles. And I use code major because I'm a major Mark and I love the major wrestling figures podcast. Do you want to hear uh, my recent uh, last purchase? Of course. Um, It was that same toy store I went to that had the Shawn Michaels class. So this was the same day. Um, Okay. Like I said, I'm a Hasbro collector and I was trying to spend the decent. I think I gave my limit as uh, $100 and I was already going to spend $40 of it on those glasses. So I'm like, all right, I got 60 bucks. One figure I bought, and it's actually a, uh, I bought it as a double on purpose, and that is the Series 1 Ultimate Warrior. Not necessarily my favorite figure, but we do have a friend of the show whose name was Tom Troll. He recently passed away. Actually, it was the, the one of the recent episodes of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast that was dedicated to him. That, yep. was, that was one of his favorite figures. And when I say one of his favorites, there's pictures that he would post, and I have one saved, where he has like, I'm probably guessing about 20 of them. Wow. And like, uh, he would just, just, that was his favorite thing. He loved collecting those. So I have one of those in my collection and now I have another one that I have um, on another part of my collection to kind of like be in, in remember, memory of him. So I mm-hmm. pick I pick that one up and then I'm like, all right, what's another, what's another figure I could buy? And ironically enough, it's another jumper, and I'm not a huge fan of jumpers, but I really needed a full Ricky Steamboat. So I grabbed him, and then <laughs> lo- looking around these other figures, I, I locked eyes on one. Like, a lot of the other ones that they had, you know, whether it be Jax or Mattel, they just, they weren't speaking to me, but I saw they had two stomp figures. Oh, shit. One was $10, the other one was 12 it was Stone Cold and The Undertaker. And I'm like, fucking 22 bucks. Oh, all right, I guess I'm starting a uh, stomp collection. Here we go. Are they Are they the Series 1? Yep, Series 1. Hell yeah. I still have those figures in my parents' house. 
And I I know that they talk about like the stomp ones as weird ones, but I told you earlier, I love those weird yeah, figures. Yeah. And stomp figures are to me, they're so cool. I, I like I said, I never got into them and then the more that I listen to the major wrestling figure podcast, uh, the more like stomp build uh, build its lore and everything that they've released, like I've, I think I have almost every single thing that they've released stomp related, be- uh, minus yeah. minus the uh, pop socket because I'm not huge on pop sockets. But I got I actually have two dog tags. I have all the stomp pins that they've come out with. Uh, but nice. I I miss the foam grenade when it first came out, but I uh, I bought one through the the Patreon group. But yeah, like. Uh, now I'm kind of looking into stomp figures and they're not that expensive. That's the crazy thing. Like I, I could go on eBay and get them all like fairly cheap. Yep. Yep. They, uh, if you're an independent professional wrestler and you are not listening to that podcast and listening to those guys market and move stuff, you are an idiot. Yeah. They're, they're so fucking good that maybe not even, I wouldn't say them, their, uh, bat Cardona is just the brain that he has the mind that he has to come up with some of this stuff and marketing stuff like i even i used to say back in the day before uh, before yep. he was released i'm like this guy like he's gonna have a job for life so when they got rid of him i'm like oh like you guys fucked up yeah and he's he gonna is, uh, he's gonna find a way to make you pay you've got some serious lasting power and he no matter who he is with he like if you just listen to him on that podcast talk on what he does and how he is and how he thinks like they i mean he could have done a ton more with wwe if they if he could have ran with different ideas and things like that so i am very excited to see what he's going to do with aew um and same with uh kurt for impact like those guys have the ability to really make some big names for themselves bigger than they already are on the independence and just in wrestling over the next couple of years, being away from the monster that is WWE that kind of sucked them in and just made them part of the mold. Yeah. It's crazy to see like all the, the moves that they made, especially like coming out with their own figures. They did like the initial runs of, you know, those three lines. I was lucky enough. I got, the first one and then obviously i mentioned stomp yeah i was lucky enough to grab both the stomp figures and yep. like that's kind of hard and now they're com- basically coming out with uh their own line more more i see more line of figures and like they're doing the the super seven like this is kind of like almost unprecedented and that's like i love them for it i mean granted they've yep. taken they've taken so much of my money but <laughs> I'll, I'll leave. I've started to have more of a like, okay, maybe I don't want to buy the the pennant and the bank when it comes out. But he just posted, uh, Matt Cardona just recently posted in the Patreon that the, the foam fingers that they're talking about releasing, and it's an LI foam finger, L on one hand, and then like the number one for the I. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I saw that. I was like, oh my God, I'm probably going to have to buy that because that looks, that looks pretty sweet. Yeah. Why, why, why give you uh, one foam finger when I can make sure that you have two foam fingers, one for each hand? Another smart marketing move from Mister Cardona. <laughs> All right, man, this has been a blast. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll plug a couple things before I pop on out of here. 
this Saturday night in Iowa City, SCW Pro is going to present Hawkamania 16 Epic Anniversary, which is one of our biggest events of the year. It will be our second outdoor show. The last one was one that you did not want to miss. Uh, Mr. Six Star Booty, JT Energy, will be in action. I will be defending my QC Cup against who? I don't know. I guess you just got to show up and find out, just like me. But I will be in action uh, this Saturday, August 15th, Wildwood Saloon and Barbecue, Hawkmania. So I'm very excited. We got some wrestling on the horizon this weekend. There's not a lot going on right now, so I have to be very happy with what's out there. Um, I'm also part of Central Empire Wrestling, which I talked about earlier. I am the champion. And this Thursday on YouTube, Central Empire Wrestling is starting something called called Power Slam TV. We are going to be releasing Central Empire Wrestling content exclusively on YouTube. And you will be able to see Mr. JT Energy on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, please check out my YouTube channel. I have been uploading everything that I can find during this quarantine. I usually drop stuff once, maybe twice a week. I have some freestyle dance videos. I have some old dance videos that I choreographed up there. Uh, I've been releasing a ton of SCW matches from my career, uh, including the epic ladder matches that myself and Jossie, a.k.a. Vicious and Delicious, had against Sage Kanan and Dante Leon from the first and second Hawkamania, which won match of the year. So if you want some good ladder match content, please go to my YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you cite, uh, search JT Energy or DJ Click and Play, I'm there. Go there. Please sign up, subscribe, hit the bell, leave a comment, like, all that other BS that everybody please they tell you about. I'm not going to whore it out too much, but I'm just trying to make my YouTube a little bit bigger. Otherwise, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Everything is DJ Click and Play. Uh, it's DJ Click, the letter N, and play. It's DJ Click and Play. I'm sure if you search Six Star Booty, JT Energy, that stuff will pop up. But I'm just trying to be everywhere. Like I said, I am with 3XW. I am their pure wrestling champion. Central Empire Wrestling, I am their champion. SCW Pro, the QC Cup holder. I am on Pro Wrestling Revolver shows when they're in Iowa. I want to get other places. I want to go to Minnesota. I want to go to Ohio. I want to go to Indiana. I want to be in Illinois. I want to be in Missouri. I want to go to Oklahoma. If you have a place and you have a need for an amazing professional wrestler that is willing to bet the house on himself and make sure that he leaves, not only making the people behind the curtain happy, but the people in front of the curtain happy, JT Energy, the six-star booty, the filth you can't wash off, the Michael Jordan of misting, I am the guy. I want to make sure that you know that I am here for you. I'm not here for me. I'm not trying to make sure I get all my stuff up. I am trying to make professional wrestling better than the way that I came into it. And I am going to bust my ass until I don't have an ass anymore. And that's saying a lot from the six-star booty. But those are fi- those are my final thoughts. Those are my plugs. Follow me on stuff. Do what you can. Interact with me. If you want, I'm going to be printing some of these super dope shirts. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the logo online. I reached out to a cool guy on Instagram. 
CP Arts Graphics. He's out of the Chicago area, and it's going to be my my face on a T-shirt, and it looks like I'm coming through a door, just like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, but above it, it says The Misting instead of The Shining with JT Energy right below. I'm taking a page right out of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. I'm only going to have 24 of these shirts made. And when they're gone, they're gone. I'm not going to BS around. That's all it's going to be. If you want to reach out to me and get one of these amazing shirts, reach out to me in time, and I can try to hook you up. But like I said, 24 shirts. It's going to be one of those nice, soft, tri-blend shirts. It's not going to shrink when you throw it in the wash. So if you want to reach out, you want to be a cool fan, you want to interact with somebody who is uh, a dick at a wrestling show, but a cool guy in real life, that's me. I think I'm sad that I missed out on that uh, that Hasbro pin because that looked really cool. Hey, you never know. Maybe slide into my DMs after this podcast is over, and uh, maybe JT Energy's got a couple limited edition. I'm still holding on to this, still holding on to that type things. Because, of course, just like Mr. Cardona, guess what? <laughs> JT Energy, I want one of everything if it's got my face on it. I'm a mark for myself. Why wouldn't I be? I'm a professional wrestler. It's what I've wanted <laughs> my whole life. All right, man. Um, you can find myself at Heavyset330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email, if you so choose, desire Wrestling Cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said before, please rate, review, and subscribe to everyone listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, Virtual Pros, The IndieCast, Center of the Universe, Sobros Network, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, we like sports podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, The Chick Foley Show, The Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, IWTV Guide, At Odds With Wrestling, Marks With Mics, and The Dark Match Podcast. Check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thirst Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, Good Company, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you have a six-star booty. Later.